Live from beyond the Beltway, this is Bruce Dumont with our weekly analysis of national politics featuring occasional injections of rumor in your window, all offered up by our panel of political insiders, pundits, power brokers, professors, public servants, and most importantly, plain-speaking Americans from coast to coast. Tonight featured commentary by progressive professor Mark Casello, law professor and leftist Peter Hanna, Josh Cantro, Republican attorney, and in our second hour, we'll be joined by Colonel John Mills, author of a new book uh, called The Nation with Will Follow. The Nation Will Follow. Uh, he is a, a retired colonel in the U.S. Army, and he's going to talk about the impact of deep state in the operation of the United States. Uh, 1-800-723-8289. Again, usually we've got lots to talk about. I guess the same thing uh, this evening. Uh, and I want to begin with uh, Josh Cantrell, who's just uh, back from a beautiful vacation with his family. And uh, Josh, I want to ask you, uh, with Peter and uh, uh, Mark listening on, um, when you when you look at all of the information that's coming in about Donald Trump and his indictments, and you measure that against all of the information, some would describe it as noise, I would describe it as information about President Biden and his son, Hunter Biden. In trying to figure out the specifics of those two, of those matters, which one has been the most difficult, do you think, for the American people to follow? Um, I think that the uh, Ukraine issue with Hunter and his dad is difficult to follow because it involves a sort of a tangled web and shell companies and allegations and uh, people speaking in different languages, and it happened very far from here. And so I think that that one is harder to understand than, say, a documents case against Trump, for instance, uh, which is a bit easier to understand, or the January 6th case against Trump, which is easier to understand as well. Mark Casello is uh, one of our Democrats this evening, or our only Democrat. Uh, Mark, your reaction? What's your answer to the same question? So I, I agree with Josh, but for slightly different reasons. Um, I think it's harder to follow the Biden case because it's really not getting the type of coverage that we're seeing for the, any of the Trump uh, instances. So, uh, for example, you know, Senator Grassley released this FBI document this week. And, uh, you know, granted, it's, these are allegations in the document, but this is a sitting U.S. senator releasing a document to the American people, and I'm watching the mainstream uh, network newscasts, and it's as if it never happened. Right. And a I, respect, we should mention, a respected United States senator. Exactly, not, a not long-serving. described as a wacko. Exactly. And so that, as a, just as a citizen, Democrat or not, I was just offended by that lack of news coverage, the lack of interest in this document, just objectively explaining mm -hmm. what was reported in it. Um, okay. Peter Hanna, uh, you have identified yourself as a leftist when you're on this program, so we're going to call you a leftist. But my question to you is on the question of uh, which of these stories, the, the, the legal trials and tribulations of Trump versus the legal trials and tribulations of the Biden family, which of these stories is the easiest for the public to follow, do you think? Um, I think the, well, two things. First, uh, there's no such thing as a respected senator or a senator deserving of our respect, certainly not Chuck Grassley. Um, it's been a long time since there was a senator in this Congress who deserved any respect. 
so I just want to go get that out of the way. Uh, but I do think the both stories are in some way kind of um, uh, they sort of resonate in different areas. I think the American people probably have, if they like Trump, are lumping all these indictments together as just like the attack on Trump, you know, the liberal attack on Trump. And then I think the people who, uh, you know, some of the same people who might think that are also looking at the Hunter Biden story and saying, you know, this guy is a total failure. But both stories are actually, they seem complex, but they're not, you know, Trump engaged in like many, every predecessor he's probably had in the modern era, tons of criminality while in office. And Hunter Biden, like the son of any, you know, wealthy insider politician, um, you know, chose the route of, sort of like personal disgrace and unrestrained hedonism. Like, it's just, that's it. Like, these are, it's a fail son and a failure as a criminal. Do you agree that's with it. what Mark uh, Costello just said, however, is that the, 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 the mainstream media seems less interested in providing specificity or even light uh, to the charges against uh, Hunter Biden and, and President Biden? Well, I mean, I think, well, Hunter Biden, I mean, what, what specificity do you want? Like Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, held up pictures of his penis on, you know, on television. That's on more than I need so to know. How much more specificity? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, how, what, what, what do you want his DNA? Like, the guy, there's not that much specificity. The guy, Hunter Biden, is a fail son. He's a loser right. who has made a ton of money because his dad is an insider and is now the president. Did he do all sorts of corrupt stuff? Of course, but if we're going to apply the law, you know, even pretend to apply it equally, all these clowns should be in, in a gulag, like candidly. But if we, if we were to exclude the sex-related stuff, and I'm going to come back to you for Mark Casello, if we were to eliminate the sex and drug-related aspect of Hunter Biden, isn't there still enough stuff there to warrant oh. a further investigation? Oh, okay. Mark. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, no, yeah, Mark, Mark first and then Peter. Go on. Sorry, go ahead, Mark, please. Yeah, sure, Peter. I... I, I absolutely think so. I mean, the, the message that comes through with the Hunter Biden, uh, for example, this, uh, this conviction uh, that he got that was essentially a slap on the wrist, is that there's two standards of justice working here. And so, you know, on the one hand, Americans see uh, former President Trump, and we've got photos of his, uh, his home. We've got the documents laid out on the carpet. We know who moved the boxes on what day and at what minute. Mm -hmm. And then... On the flip side, we have this kind of murky story of some corruption with Burisma going back years with Ukraine, who's now in a war. This is all potentially important political news and information the public needs to know. And it's just not getting the scrutiny, I think, that you know, good objective journalism should be doing. Josh. Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything Mark just said. Why isn't it getting the scrutiny? I mean, I would point to the typical bias that you see with the media. Um, I would also say that, you know, this may be deemed old news by some, given that all this was brought up during Trump's first impeachment in, the two, in 2019, or not all of it, because the Grassley release just happened last week. Mm -hmm. But one would think, one would think that there would be more interest by the media in what's going on with this guy who... Peter described perfectly. I mean, Hunter is a freaking loser. This guy is, I mean, he is a capital L loser. And yet he is by his dad's side constantly. He's helping prop up his dad. And there's just something that really smells about this. Is there some political benefit, however, when, a, when the father stands up for his son? I mean, we, we have all kinds of families uh, in, in disarray in this country. 
and it, it, it disrupts the family. There's dysfunction because the son, oldest son member or a member of the family has a, has a major drug problem. Yeah. Now, that, that to me, I would think that a lot of Americans who are suffering that would almost look to Joe Biden as almost of a sympathetic figure because they understand what it means to them to have a loser. And again, you, you want to be known as someone that loves your children. And again, uh, Joe Biden says he loves this kid. Uh, and I want to just talk more about that aspect of where, how people are thinking and whether or not they're giving Joe Biden and Hunter Biden a second, third, or fourth chance. I'm Bruce Dumont, back shortly from Chicago. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart which had been shattered in a thousand pieces just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for kids, teens, or young adults. It's just not. Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs. And dangerous things like metals and volatile organic compounds into your body. And nicotine, the same highly addictive substance found in regular cigarettes. Nicotine can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s affecting learning, memory, attention, and impulse control, and priming the brain for other addictions. Vaping products also come in kid-friendly flavors that can make them appealing to youth. And many kids also use other drugs, like marijuana, in vaping devices. With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media, many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping, because when you talk, they hear you. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov.
Dumont back in Chicago, and I want to pick up on that point uh, with, uh, I know, uh, Josh, you had a point, and I think Peter's got a point as well, just on the, uh, on, on the sympathy issue that goes with Joe Biden because he is the parent of a son who has a drug problem. There's a lot of parents whose sons or daughters have drug problems. So when the Republicans keep bringing this story up, are they losing votes when they do that? I don't know if they're losing votes. I think the question is whether Joe Biden gains sympathy by keeping Hunter in the spotlight and keeping him uh, close and showing that he loves him, whether that helps with the crucial independent, moderate, and suburban voters that are going to decide the next election. I think that is the key question. I don't know what the answer to it is, but I could also see those people thinking, this guy has had so many chances, Hunter Biden, and he keeps digging himself into trouble, and he just seems like he's in, in all of this for the money. Peter, what's your reaction? My reaction is if I develop a drug problem and I don't have the resources of Hunter Biden, I end up in prison, uh, or I end up homeless, or I end up dead. Um, so I would advise everyone, all your viewers certainly, you know, save your sympathy for like real people, not these incredibly powerful, incredibly mm-hmm. privileged. I don't think people are looking at, at Joe Biden. Uh, they don't need to look at Joe Biden. They can look around their neighborhoods. They can look at how opioids have destroyed entire swaths of uh, communities in, in the middle of the country. Um, I don't think it really is going to have much of an election tipping effect. I think there are people who hate Biden and hate Hunter Biden and see that as a whole, you know, den of corruption. And some people who think, you know, oh, he got a rough break. But I do think, I will say, to your point on the political question, highlighting Hunter Biden um, and hiding, highlighting how pathetic and how much of a loser he is, is not the uh, sort of political smart move or power play that I think Republicans think it is. Like, it's not winning a lot of votes. Like, yeah, of course he's a degenerate. Like, we, we've all seen him naked. Well, except, I guess, you, Bruce, and you, uh, maybe Josh. But, like, you know, there's not much. Like, we, what more can come out about him? That would change someone who isn't already right. anti-Biden, anti-Hunter, to be like, oh, yeah, well, now he's gone too far. The other thing, and then, uh, Mark, I'll let you make your comment, and then I want to follow up on it. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that also, you know, in the voters' minds, um, we know how much Joe Biden loved Bo Biden. Right. And when he lost Bo, you know, I, I see Hunter coming in, kind of filling that spot that Bo was there for him, you know, for all those years. So I, I do think they're kind of, you know, there might be some more generosity towards Biden um, and his relationship with Hunter, knowing that he lost Bo Biden. Well, here's my point. This is within the family, and we're, we're getting into psychological stuff here now. But uh, Hunter Biden grew up in the literally in the shadow of Bo Biden. All that Joe Biden talked about for 12 years was Bo Biden this, Bo Biden that, the Attorney General of Delaware, Bo Biden loses his life, fights cancer. And so as a sibling, uh, there has to be resentment there. And, And then, as part of these facts of life that we're talking about, Joe Biden is the head of the family. What does he say or what did he say when his son Hunter was dating and having sex with his son's ex wife? I mean, where does that come in? Where does that where does that come in? Because I think that is somehow related with Joe Biden's inability to talk about his seventh grandchild. 
Yeah. I mean, Hunter Biden, as you say, is a loser. He's made one mistake after the other. I think he's been, tra he's as a, for his whole, whole life, he's been tracing or, or, or you know, tracing the, the image of Bo Biden. And he always, fa he always fails. And so now the father is president of the United States, but, you know, the father of the president of the United States, he can't tell his son, mm -hmm. hey, uh, Hunter, don't come to the state dinner. We don't want you at the state dinner. He can't do that. That's a political mistake, a significant political mistake, I think. Yeah, I, I agree with most of that, except the, the, the critical thing to me is I don't think most voters really care. They're, the next election is not going to be decided on Hunter Biden. It's going the way that Republicans make hay out of this is, is if they can connect Hunter Biden's business activities to Joe, whether Joe was getting a cut whether there were bribes involved, et cetera. That's the only thing that's going to move the needle on this because I think you have two people, Joe Biden and Donald Trump. They are so well known to, to the vast majority of people, nothing is going to move the needle. Peter, of, of the information that is out there uh, on the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden relationship, uh, one of the most recent is the, is the WhatsApp app in which... Uh, Hunter Biden is referring to his father, who's sitting right next to him, as they're shaking down a, a Chinese a businessman. Uh, specifically, just on that incident, as a as a law professor, what do you think of that piece of evidence? How strong is it? Well, I mean, it's interesting because I think that particular piece of evidence Hunter Biden has said is fake. Uh, but if it is, uh, you know, real, it is the type of thing that I think Josh was alluding to that could potentially rise to the level of like moving the needle, like a uh, direct kind of evidence of mm -hmm. a certain sort of fraud or a certain sort of abuse of power. But I really, I, you know, I, if I can, Bruce, I just want to point about uh, make a point about the psychological issues sure. because I think they are. If we if we step back and sort of you know ascend and just like look down, it is really fascinating. Like Bo Biden was the type of like candidly just being candid the type of psychopath who embraces this weird sort of hero's journey that his father has set him up for his entire life so he goes to iraq and he inhales you know 75 cubic acres of burn pit smoke and tragically gets cancer and now he leaves a brother behind who has been able to just basically live his life as if he's you know, hanging out at like, you know, weekend at birdies the whole time. And now he's the only guy left. And you could imagine that maybe him being with his, you know, deceased brother's wife, there's like some element of like competition there. But there's a whole universe of these weird psychological issues that are another layer on top of the, what I would say, the baseline corruption of all these like political families and would-be dynasties. Um, but unless you see kind of something very clear where this guy misuses power in a blatantly, brazenly criminal way with Joe Biden. It's just like Josh said, like people have their views that, you know, it's not going to move anything. Even a, even a WhatsApp message, unless it's real and there's an indictment and it gets to court, which as long as Joe Biden is president, isn't going to happen. But, you know, there's a lot of other people, Republicans and Democrats should be, you know, pushing to be indicted than Hunter Biden. There's a lot of other people like the CEO of Gilead, for example. Uh let me move on to uh, another subject, and this is about how uh, political opponents and how the general public and how the media respond to whistleblowers. I mean, in the history of this program, we have discussed, 
probably 15, 20 whistleblowers. And sometimes they're blowing the whistle on the right, sometimes they're blowing the whistle on the left. But again, during the period of their fame, they're generally held up as heroes of some sort. Do you believe the, the, the current crop of whistleblowers that we're talking about, which are the IRS agents, longtime agents, Mark Casello, are they viewed as good guys or bad guys, in your view? Sure. In, in my view, I, I grant great deference to whistleblowers. Um, so do be I. Because it takes a tremendous amount of courage. You're risking your job. You're risking your reputation. You're putting your family potentially in danger <clears throat> to come forward. And, and so when somebody does that, I usually grant them great benefit of the doubt um, when they take those steps. Peter? I got a, I have a good rule of thumb for your viewers um, and hopefully for everyone. Uh, if a whistleblower, if a whistleblower is real and credible, they will end up in jail. The state will move against them. E.G. Edward Snowden, Julian Assange, who's rotting away in uh, the UK about to be extradited to be charged, you know, with crimes for 300 years. If it's a whistleblower who's just, you know, going on MSNBC and sleeping soundly at night, um, it is not, you know, it's, it's probably some sort of controlled element uh, or someone who's not a really credible whistleblower real whistleblowers almost always go to jail or they face the sorts of uh you know challenges that someone like daniel ellsberg would face but these guys to me uh are not credible what do you in other words you don't think the irs whistleblowers are credible i mean they could be but like in my mind and just if you look at you know american history the real whistleblowers the people yeah. who have really been blowing the lid right. on something bad end up in jail, the state acts against them quickly, and the right. fakers and frauds just make a career out of it. Yeah. yeah well, I, I mean, there, there, are, there are degrees of uh, whistleblowers. In this particular case, Josh, uh, these are longtime employees of the IRS. Uh, they're following evidence as they see it. They're running into uh, problems with those above them both at the IRS and at the Justice Department, telling them that, stop, you can't ask any more questions. We don't want you to go there. I mean, isn't there a heroic element to what they're doing? I think there's a big-time heroic element to what they're doing. Have they, cre they, have are, they created any crime? Uh, in your view, Peter, you said they all go to jail. Have, they, have these whistleblowers created any crime uh, that would cause them to go to jail? I, I can't I, see how. I, I can't see how. They are talking oh, God, about their gosh. first... They're talking about their first-hand experience w against the bureaucracy. Right. Peter, any comment on that? That these guys um, may yeah, not I mean, I go to jail? Say, uh, it's not so much that they go to jail. It's that the, the state, the apparatus of the state, the state machinery, acts against credible whistleblowers who jeopardize the interests of the state, like Snowden, Assange, these folks. These people are playing sort of like a political game with this. Um, and they have certainly no shortage of support in one of the ruling class factions, the Republican Party, right? You could easily see a bunch of other folks do it, you know, and have the Democratic Party backing them. But only an Assange or a Snowden or someone like that gets everyone against them and the state against them. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Bruce Dumont back. When we come back, uh, I'm going to say something nice about Charles Grassley, which will drive Peter Hanna crazy. <laughs> Don't go away. Bye, bench press.
Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? Or... For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top-10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. I'll be here to hear what's on your mind. Kids want to share what's going on in their lives with the adults around them. Parents, grandparents, teachers, coaches, and more. They want to know you're listening. And they want to listen to you. They want your input and guidance early and often on all kinds of topics. When it comes to a serious subject like underage drinking, they want to know your expectations, as well as how and why, as a young person, they should avoid alcohol. How you talk about it will change as your child grows, but the important thing is to talk about it. Not just once for an hour when you think the time is right, but in 60 one-minute conversations and more that are part of your everyday talks. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. We continue with our Beyond the Beltway broadcast in the second hour of this evening. Uh, we will be joined by Colonel John Mills. Uh, he is author of a new book called The Nation Will Follow, and it's his first-person experiences in dealing with the deep state, which we've heard a great deal about, and that'll be the topic of hour number two in our broadcast this evening. His foreword uh, was written by Steve Bannon, so that may give you a sense of where he might be coming from. Let's take a moment now to let each of our guests introduce themselves to you, and we'll begin with Mark Casello. I'm Mark Casello. I'm the chair of the humanities at Calumet College of St. Joseph in Whiting, Indiana. And uh, I'm the founder and president of the Pullman National Monument Preservation Society that works to protect the Pullman neighborhood on Chicago's uh, far south side, which is now a national historical park. 
And Josh Cantro joins us in studio tonight. Hi, Bruce. Thanks for having me on again. I'm Josh Cantro. I'm a cybersecurity and privacy technology lawyer. Um, I'm a moderate Republican, not a fan of Donald Trump, and uh, an outdoor enthusiast. Okay. I get your pictures all from all over the world. <laughs> Peter Hanna joins us also. Peter, nice to have you back with us. Tell us a little bit about your yeah, background. Yeah, I will, and thank you, Bruce, uh, for having me, and thanks to everyone else for, uh, for letting me join him today. Uh, my name is Peter Hanna. I'm a professor of law. I teach uh, privacy law, cybersecurity law, and I do um, uh, number, uh, provide a number of uh, legal um, strategies, advising, counseling on civil rights issues, policing issues, et cetera, mm -hmm. uh, as well. I have a question since we've got two, two of our guests this evening that have something to do with cybersecurity. Um, where would you put the cybersecurity strength of the United States now? I'll start with you, Peter. Uh, compared with other nations, can you make an assessment as to how good or bad we are in that field? I can tell you that in the next like five, ten years or so, um, to the extent America as a nation is in pretty good shape from a cybersecurity perspective, it will lose uh, that status. And part of the reason is. We have, you know, effectively an economy that is dominated by disparate private interests that are competing together. Um, even if you are a con extremely conservative person, you should be looking at the, and you know, even pro-war, if you can imagine, you should be looking at the private defense contractors, you know, Raytheon, Boeing, all, you know, all these guys. Um, and you should be concerned because you don't want your national defense in the hands of private companies that are acting purely out of a profit motive. And these folks, have weapons, extremely dangerous ones that are secured and secrets that are secured with cybersecurity that isn't standardized across the board. Now we have a few like standard setting organizations that establish, you know, you know, the NIST cybersecurity framework and, and ISO uh, 11201 or 11261-1 or something. You have these like templates that you could aspire to, but at the end of the day, a lot of uh, the United States cybersecurity infrastructure is not in the United States hands. It's in private entities hands and some of these private entities actually are not even you know even keep the data here in the u.s um so it's going to get more like that uh so from a strategic defense perspective i think it's not i wouldn't be super you know feel super, it's super promising um and then companies of course are always trying to and i'm sure josh will will join me in this but companies are obviously trying to reduce costs and sometimes those costs are taken out of technology and cybersecurity. although okay. i think recent trends have 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 shown that companies should invest more there. But okay. I'm curious to hear what Josh says. Josh, you, your thoughts on, 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 on my question, wh where, where does the United States stand in co competition with other nations when it comes to uh, cyberspace and cybersecurity? Yeah, I, I largely agree with Peter's uh, insights, and I thought they were very helpful. I would say, uh, put simply, is this. You've got cyber defense and you've got cyber offense. The, from a defensive uh, standpoint, the U.S. is probably second to none in our defensive capabilities because successive administrations and Congresses have invested. That's from a U.S. government standpoint, but you're only good as your weakest link. Peter talks about contractors, and he's absolutely right. If our contractors are, are, are weak, then we are weak. Um, so, so far, the U.S. has made its contractors be very, or required its contractors to be strong 
as a cost of doing in order to do business with the United States. So we have good defensive capabilities, but we are a big target. From an offensive standpoint, we could be a powerhouse in terms of what we could do to other countries, but we don't do what Russia does, what um, some of these, uh, what Iran does, what some of these other countries do. In in other countries, uh, and I'm going to make a, a broad statement here. In other countries, uh, the government is able to get hold of of young hackers, and those young hackers can be uh, coerced into doing things that would benefit th- a, that nation. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's a degree of patriotism that comes through with that. If you were to compare the population of those people, I'm talking about the hackers of the world and the nations that they represent, how do we stand up with American hackers? I would think that American hackers who will work for the United States and not against the United States is a very valuable asset. And I'm wondering what our country does to solicit the support of these hackers to act in, in, in concert with U.S. foreign policy goals as opposed to just, you know, screwing up the, you know, the, the, the HR department of the local you know, corporation that they may not like. Well, we have no doubt numerous uh, talented cyber professionals and people in this country who could take on that role. I just don't think that the U.S. government is committed because it doesn't want to start a cyber war to really going on offense. It's done it in the past. It did it with the Stuxnet, with dismantling Iran's Stuxnet program and a joint um, operation with Israel. But... Um, it's not something that the U.S. regularly does, whereas you have former Soviet bloc countries, failed states, who this is part of their economy to go and hack into other countries. And certainly China, it's just a, a, a way that they do business. Peter, you comment on that point, um, the actual hackers, the battle for the hackers? Well, I mean, one thing is I know just... The, funny i don't i didn't expect to mention edward snowden a couple of times but we know from the snowden uh leaks that you know our nsa has some pretty sophisticated um you know pretty sophisticated tools so we have some pretty you know we have the capacity to do quite a bit stuxnet as josh mentioned was one example of us-based cyber espionage the reality is as the world has become more digitized and more data and more systems have been basically you know put in the cloud or in the servers or whatever every country is going to be developing its own unique ability to inflict, you know, harm or carnage or exfiltrate data or change data um, against other nation states. The, the truth of the matter is, you know, the, the we are now moving towards a less of a conventional like tanks, war, blah, 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 although I guess Russia and Ukraine is a testament to its continued enduring ability, but a lot more of the war and espionage is happening in the you know, in the cyber cyberspace area. So every country is going to be trying to develop its own sort of homegrown ability and try to recruit the, you know, more technically proficient among their uh, citizens' ranks to get on board. Let's go to a call. Joy in Spokane, Washington. Good evening, Joy. Nice to have you with us tonight. Hi there. Um, my comment was that um, you're going to have family um, names are going to be abused or used, you know, by everyone. I mean, that's the legacy admissions and colleges and stuff. 
But um, I found Trump's children um, more threatening to, like, the United States. So that his son in what way? had... In what way? His son-in-law did not have... His son-in-law did not have security clearance, but he was seen um, confidential... Um, um, Document his what, what, Joy, what, what did he do? What, what did he do that caused you concern? It was, was there a specific thing? What he could do. Well, it's what he could do with access to that information because he it, he did not have security clearance, and that was one of the things you're supposed to have um, to review these documents. Or his daughter would show up at high level meetings, and again. Um, the Trump family had um, relationships with all kinds of countries through their businesses and such. So, but, did, it, but Joy, didn't we, find, didn't we know? Didn't we know all about that during the administration of Donald Trump? weren't weren't the news media on top of that story? I mean, I remember story after story about uh, about the, the you know the Trump children. And they were not necessarily angels, but again, uh, I think it's a little bit different than some of the things that Hunter Biden has allegedly been involved in. I don't know whether there were well, shakedowns. And I think Joe Biden, yeah, and I think Biden was very has been very clumsy and not careful with what he's done. And so I do not. I think that um, I don't. I I don't condone what Biden's done at all in his past with these relationships but who's I, your who's I your joy who's your candidate who's your candidate for president because you, you you call this program frequently uh uh you're you're not a trump fan we know that that's fine there's a lot of people out there that are not trump fans that listen to this show but do you have someone that you are for in 2024 you know i am i'm actually pretty depressed about it all i don't i will vote biden because I will vote Democratic, but I am not excited about his candidacy at all. Um, I, I'm pleased by what's been accomplished. Um, so there's a lot of things that have been done. The CHIPS Act, the Infrastructure okay. Act. There's a lot of things that I think he's done well, but okay. I'm not excited about him as a candidate. Okay, thanks hey, for your Joy, call. one 800 She's going. Joy. we got to go. 1-800-723-8289. We'll talk about Cornell when we come back. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine, vinegar, and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, a kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, 
be a sub above. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Matthew. Huh? Oh, sorry. It's okay. I just need you to listen to me. I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me. I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and I know it's because you care. All the talks we've had over the years including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thanks, Mom, for never giving up and always being my biggest fan. Thank you for letting me know what you expect so I can try to meet your expectations. Thank you for talking. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Bruce Dumont back, and uh, before the break, Peter, you were going to uh, speak to Joy about uh, Cornell West as an option uh, uh, next year. Give us a little thought on uh, Cornell and also on uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. and uh, the other options uh, in the Democratic primary. I mean, I think what's interesting about what's happening in the Democratic primary is you have an incumbent with, uh, you know, some successes and uh, still there is this outcry, um, even among, I think, people who identify as Democrats. I think a majority don't want Joe Biden to run. Um, of course, uh, his vice president has dismal uh, likability approval ratings as she had when she was a Democratic candidate. So you see this kind of like, you know, people, they kind of smell the blood in the water. And I think a guy like RFK, who also you can get in some really interesting psychological issues as well as the son of a brother of mm -hmm. you know, all that, um, you know, this sort of like twilight of his career, certainly he's going to run for president. Um, RFK to me is sort of like a hodgepodge, like a grab bag of like things people believe you know, just at random, um, not really coherent in any, any way. But Cornell West is, you know, effectively sort of a Bernie type candidate, um, except, you know, if he is to be believed someone who uh, seems intent on, you know, going all the way, whatever that means. But I would encourage people who are disaffected with the, you know, mainstream choices who believe in electoralism in the first place to investigate the other options. And if I were someone who's going to go cast the primary vote or, uh, you know, weigh in, you know, my personal choice would probably be not Trump, not Biden, but, you know, someone else entirely. Okay. Uh, Marcus Costello, your reaction, your 
card-carrying Democrat. Uh, what about uh, Kennedy and what about uh, Cornell West, yeah. who, who is running as a Green Party candidate, not as a Democrat? Right. Uh, you know, I agree with Peter's assessment. Uh, Cornell, I like what he's bringing to the conversation. He's talking about radical peace. <laughs> he's talking about things that just aren't part of the normal establishment conversation. Um, he's talking about de-escalation of war rather than, you know, escalating wars. Um, so there's a lot of good, a lot of things to like, and he's a he's a deep thinker, uh, and and uh, he's bringing a, a depth to our conversation, political conversation. Robert, our, and he, and he's black, so he he could be bringing a constituency with him, uh, who who will like him just because he's black. No, and he's bringing the issue of poverty to the forefront, right? Um, you know, and and he's been walking that talk for decades. So, and then RFK, you know, I. I as Peter said, he's got this kind of hodgepodge of different points of view. But for instance, you know, we, we went through this pandemic and RFK, you know, he said some very controversial things related to the vaccine. But I don't think, I think we should have a conversation about, you know, are the vaccines effective? Are they dangerous? Mm -hmm. I think there should be a full inquiry into that as we look back on the Do you the think pandemic. he's being crucified for that? I, I certainly think it's being used to marginalize him, you know, and label him a wacko. But, uh, but I think there did is you room. See, did you see the hearings next week, the censorship hearings, the weaponization hearings, uh, where the Democrats went out of their way to just not let this guy talk? Right, and I think they do a disservice, uh, again. I think to so, our, too. Yeah, absolutely. Bruce, if I could add something on a personal level about mm -hmm. RFK, um, I have three children and my middle son has uh, moderate autism. And so my feelings about RFK are mixed, RFK Jr. On the one hand, I'm glad that he's brought the issue of autism to the forefront. I mean, he's a major family um, and uh, gets a lot of media attention. But his theory about vaccines causing autism has been debunked. The paper th that uh, put that out in the Lancet in 1998, was withdrawn. The researchers and doctors were humiliated. And I, I would just appreciate him if he would be more open-minded to the other side of, of things in terms of mm -hmm. that particular theory. But overall, bringing this, the issue out in terms of autism awareness, not a bad thing at all. Mm -hmm. um, I, from a political standpoint, I think it is striking that a candidate like RFK Jr. is polling is so high right now against the incumbent Democratic president. It seems to me that that ought to be a warning sign to Democrats that Joe Biden is, very, is quite vulnerable, not just politically, but from a health standpoint as well. Well, they are worried about it. I think that's one of the reasons why so many Democrats at this House hearing, uh, literally, they, they would not let uh, Kennedy even finish a sentence. They constantly were haranguing him, and he was he was beaten up on. Although there was there was one piece in the in that hearing, and I would say everybody should probably look it up on on YouTube. It's it's Robert Kennedy talking about uh, the charges against him that he's racist or anti-Semitic. Mm -hmm. I mean, he really dig, digs deep. He's totally offended by those comments. He talks about what he stood for, what his father stood for, what his uncle stood for. And uh, uh, it, <coughs> excuse me, I sneezed for the first time in 44 <laughs> years on here. Uh, it was one of those things that um, 
it was a it was a real person speaking i think from from the from their gut as to how they felt about an issue and i thought he came, he came across as as the most serious candidate that i've heard speak he is a very articulate speaker he, he, he has he has a he has an interesting message and most of his message is let let's let's ask questions you know, he, he he obviously he knows that he's been beaten up because of his past utterances, but he's willing to defend them and he's willing to uh, change the subject and talk about other things. And yeah. I think you know again he, he's not going to go much further. But uh, I think insofar as bringing issues and and enlivening up the discussion, uh, he 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 could get the job done. But of course, there's no way in the world that Joe Biden is going to sit down and allow uh, have a, to have a debate. With Robert Kennedy Jr., I mean that that would a referee would have to stop that you know right after the introductions they wouldn't let that happen. Yeah, that would be a knockout blow. RFK Jr. is so much more articulate than Joe Biden; it's not even funny. Yeah, not even close. Yeah, Peter Hanna, we have to say farewell with you. Farewell to you. Our number one is up. We thank you very much. Joining us from Chicago Kent College of Law, uh, an expert uh, in. Uh, in, in cybersecurity law and also uh, on civil rights and ACLU-related matters. Thanks very much for joining us this evening on the program. When we come back, uh, Josh Cantro and Mark Casella will continue with us, and we'll be talking about the nation will follow. Colonel, United States Army retired, John Mills. He's got quite a story to spin, and you'll hear it when we come back in our number two of Beyond the Beltway. I'm Bruce Dumont. Thanks for joining us tonight. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. Oh, goodbye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? Or... For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike's sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. Hi, I'm Dr. Nia Hurd-Garris with today's tip for kids from the American Academy of Pediatrics. As parents, we want our children to grow up healthy and strong. That means helping teens take responsibility for their health as they become young adults. One way to do that is to make sure they have one-on-one -on -one time with their pediatrician. That helps them become comfortable talking about any health issue with their doctors and with you. So make sure to give your teen a voice. It's good for their health. For more on teen health, visit HealthyChildren.org. It's a bully. 
But we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly, but we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org. Bruce Dumont back. Uh, we continue with our number two of Beyond the Beltway. Josh Cantro, the Republican, and Mark Casello, the Democrat, join us in studio. And we are also joined now from his home in Northern Virginia. We're joined by Colonel John Mills. He is retired U.S. Army colonel. He is author of the new book called The Nation Will Follow, First-Hand Experiences Fighting the Deep State. Uh, he is a senior fellow at the Center for Security uh, Policy and has been involved uh, in the U.S. security system in the Army for quite some time. And, uh, Colonel, it's nice to have you with us on Beyond the Beltway. When, when, we talk oh, about, when, when we talk about the deep state, I just said to our colleagues in the studio that uh, the deep state has been around for a long, long time, but it took Donald Trump to sort of put a brand on it. And I, I want to get your definition of what you mean by the deep state so our audience can follow along. Well, first I'll give a uh, three-part definition and then uh, uh, something that happened to me on the A-ring of the Pentagon that made me realize what Donald J. Trump was talking about was real and did exist. Because at that time, I really didn't even understand what deep state. I'm, I live in the deep state. I yeah. mean, to me, it was like national security. It didn't matter whether you're a Democrat or Republican. You were here to defend, uh, uphold and defend the Constitution. You took an oath of office, whether as a civilian or as military. Uh, but there's really three parts to uh, as the uh, the deep state has evolved. Uh, it's the, the technocrats. These are the, the super experts. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of somebody named Dr. Fauci, but Dr. Yeah. Fauci is a, you know, and, uh, and literally uh, was the uh, highest paid uh, person in government. And I was just shocked. I guess he, he actually still maintains a security detail after his departure from government. Uh, mm -hmm. Never heard of that one before other than a former president. So it's, it's those experts, and they kind of go in and out of the, the, the think tanks, uh, uh, the nonprofits. Uh, they come into government, leave government, come into government, but they're experts and unquestioned. You know, whatever they say is gospel. That's it. Uh, then there's the bureaucrats. I was a bureaucrat, and it doesn't matter whether you're uniformed, military, or a civilian, and I was both. Um, uh, but that also really, it's the army of contractors uh, that have developed over time. And, and I, I'm not bashing the contractors, could not have accomplished anywhere close to what I was supposed to be accomplishing without the, the contractors. So, mm -hmm. but just goes back to the question where we uh, trying to attain the, uh, obtain the right thing. So the technocrats, 
the bureaucrats, and then the plutocrats. And these are the people of immense wealth who have developed, uh, I call it the marriage, especially of big tech. I mean, these are the, uh, uh, these are the Zuckerbergs, uh, these are the Jeff Bezos, these are the uh, Elon Musk. And I'll go more into this because that was part of book two, which come out, comes out this fall, War Against mm -hmm. the Deep State. That was part of my job was developing, the redeveloping the, the close relationship mm -hmm. between DOD and Silicon Valley. What but these are, I mean, to, 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 to put a fine point on it, these are people that are part of the bureaucracy. They're there. They see political elected officials come and go. They see their hangers-on come and go. But by golly... When, when the campaign is over, that core is still in place, and they and they like they want to perpetuate their own power, be it right or left. But again, they're all basically in this, and 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 the bad guys are the public. They don't want the public really to have too much input into them because they're the they're the magic makers. They make things happen, and uh, frankly, uh, the public be damned. Yeah, you know, and once you're inside, it's a great gig. Why, why question the gig? It, it works, you know. The pay's good um, unless you, uh, you know, uh, punch somebody in the face, kill somebody, or lie on a travel claim. Uh, it's pretty hard to lose your job. So uh, right. it's a great gig. Why, why rock the boat? Um, and it's the question, no matter what the question is, the answer is more government. Uh, when I came into the Office of Secretary of Defense, uh, you know, I had it was me and one support contractor. By the time I left, I had 50 people working for me, uh, government and contractors. And it was, and I, I looked back and reflected, I felt more effective when I was just me and one or two smart support contractors. But you worked or, for, Repu or, or, this was a Republican administration, wasn't it, John? Uh, I transcended uh, Bush, Obama, okay. and Trump. So it all, it all, yeah, grew. so and I did. I, did a lot grow during Trump as well? Uh, no, that was right at the tail end of my career, last two mm -hmm. years. By that time, no, no, the, the shock had occurred, and when Trump came in, everything changed. Everything changed. But, yeah, it grew uh, during the war on terror years. I mean, mm -hmm. you couldn't spend money fast enough. You couldn't, uh, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. I'm, not, I'm not kidding, unfortunately. People were dying. Uh, we had our troops, our blood and blood and treasure were, were in combat. I was in combat. And, and it was, uh, but you, you just were, it was a blizzard of spending. And the, the blizzard continued even after Obama took over, just kind of a different direction. And, I, and by, by the way, I did time at the White House on the National Security Council, end of mm -hmm. Bush and Obama. Mm -hmm. So I've seen presidential transitions mm -hmm. and things like that. But just, this just, is what really, you, I, I just, just wanted to share a quick, yeah. quick story. A quick so, story, so, then I, we want to bring Josh Cantrell into the conversation, but go ahead. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So I was I was rushing to a meeting. This is like July of 2016, uh, and rushing to a meeting in the Pentagon. That's what you do in the Pentagon is rush to meetings and ran just ran almost ran right into somebody who had been a Bush appointee. Now, remember, these are the Obama years. Uh, and great guy. I'd known him well, uh, a good friend, a mentor. So he was in the bill building doing a gray beard session. That's where you bring somebody back in. So, but he was a Bush guy. And I just, we ran into each other. I just said, uh, oh, the, the convention's coming up. You're gonna support Trump, right? And his response, this is where I knew there was a deep state and a uniparty. And he said, no, we see more opportunities with her. Huh. 
And I just about, I just immediately, I just about lunged and choked him. I said, who is we and what opportunities do you see? It just, everything changed in a split second. And I said, Donald J. And I wasn't a Donald J. Trump guy, but as soon as he said that, I said, holy smokes. There is a swamp. There is a deep state. And I'll be quiet. Josh Cantro has a question for you. Uh, Colonel Mills, uh, you mentioned three categories that comprise the deep state. And I was wondering whether the mainstream media uh, might fit into any of those categories or at least certain powerful figures within the mainstream media. Oh, that's a great question. Well, I, I give a further definition uh, in the book, uh, uh, the four corners of deceit of the deep state. And uh, as things have evolved, classic legacy media has kind of morphed, and I put it under the, the corner called big tech. So I think, yeah, they are absolutely, but as you all know, things are really radically changing in media, and classic legacy media is no more it's very different big tech i put them under the category the corner of big tech in the four corners of deceit okay we're talking to uh colonel uh, john mills u.s army uh retired author of the book the nation will follow when we come back mark casella will hear from him and he has uh, read the book and he's got uh, some questions ready for you colonel and we'll do that when we continue 1-800-723-8289 if you'd like to join the conversation we would be delighted to welcome you 1-800 723-8029 from coast to coast and border to border and around the world at beyondthebeltway.com. Oh. Goodbye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? Or... For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. If you talk to me, we'll hear you. We all want our kids to grow up safe and healthy. So we show them how. And we tell them with honest conversations that let them know what we expect. Not just one time, but every chance we get. That's especially important when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. Kids not only need to know the dangers and how to avoid them, they need to hear it often from you. And when it comes to pain medications, opioids, they need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. So talk with your kids and guide them through the challenges of growing up safe and healthy. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. So 
This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Bruce Dumont back. We continue with Beyond the Beltway. And uh, Mark Casello has a question for Colonel Mills. Mark? Hello, Colonel Mills. Uh, I've been enjoying your book. Uh, I'm usually the... Uh, socialist or progressive uh, Democrat <laughs> on the committee, and I've been reading your book, and and I, I wasn't really surprised by the the existence of the deep state, but it actually got me. I went back and I was rereading Federalist Fifty One, and Madison or Hamilton's in there discussing um, the role of factionalism within uh, a republican form of government, and and his his belief was that you know the through democracy the the more factions you had, the more self interest was diluted across the republic, the, the uh, stronger things would be. So my question for you is sort of where does traditional kind of self-interest and institutional interest and self-interest end, and where does the deep state begin? How do we know the difference, or where is that dividing line? Colonel? Wow, that is a deep question, Marcus. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you. Uh, uh, well, okay, so let me answer the question this way, is I think no matter what, there should always be transparency and accountability in the government. And, and although I've done lots of classified work, there still has to be transparency and accountability. And I think that has, that's, has just exploded and that's what we've lost and no matter with the deep state we've we they're beholden not to the american people and i, I throw out a uh, rasmussen number from august of last year that said 84 percent of americans believe there's a deep state uh wow wow that's a pretty high number so in my job I always took it very seriously that I worked for the American people. And, and, the, and you take an oath to the Constitution, not, not a president. And, and I took that very seriously. And if somebody was able to get my number and give me a call in my secure place at the, at the Pentagon, and I determined really quickly they weren't a foreign intelligence threat or they weren't some crazy person, and they had a question, I would, I would always try to give them at least 15 minutes of my time because I felt that it, they were by, I, I, 
They were paying my salary. I owed them at least that. And transparency, accountability, and the government works for the people. The people are not subordinate to the government. I'm not sure, did Marcus, did that, did that answer your question? No, it does. And it kind of leads me into another question from your book, which is, you know, one of the, the big arguments that I was getting from your book was that um, we have to act very locally, you know, really at the county level to start bringing uh, sort of democracy back and some of that accountability and oversight. So can you tell us a little bit more about that idea? Why, why do you think that it has to come from the county level? Because, you know, in my experience, you know, that federal legislation really moves the needle and changes issues and, and changes people's lives a lot of times where you're, you're putting kind of a counterintuitive argument which suggests that, you know, start at that county level um, and start reclaiming the democracy that way. Well, thank you, Marcus. Yeah, well, well the, the, the county or the county equivalent is the building block of our constitutional republic. It starts there. Some did not like the way uh, the election in November 2020 worked out and were praying and hoping that it would get cleaner or better as it went to the state and it went to the federal government. And it's no, 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 no. It, it all starts at the county level. And it is what it is at the county level. Now we have clean counties, we have dirty counties. Um, the, we have roughly, I'm using the Census Bureau, we have roughly 3,300 county equivalents in America, give or take, and that includes the eight U.S. territories. And a city can be a county equivalent that some states call them a little bit different. Some people go ballistic when you use the wrong term, like in Louisiana or Alaska. Uh, but it's all about those 3,300 or so counties. And if you're mad about what's going on in D.C., going on in DC and the global and the world and the globalists, it's because of the foundation of your county. And I think especially on the right side of the ledger, uh, there was a lot of folks who just for years just presumed somebody was taking care of business at the county level. And that's, that's what I, I started saying in 2019, they were right. Was somebody that was taking care of Colonel D Donald Trump Somebody has was. made Donald Trump has made the case uh, from the get-go of his presidential campaign that the deep state was out to get him and that they were a bad element. Um, but is there not an element of the deep state that maybe is supportive of Donald Trump and likes what Donald Trump is doing and likes that uh, he's shaking things up? Or is it all one-sided that they all despise him and want to get rid of him and embarrass him? I think there's more. I think there there is a lot. But I mean, I I was excited when Donald Trump took office. But I I'm a, I was a professional. I took an oath an oath, an oath of office when Obama came in. I wasn't I wasn't trying to undermine Obama, uh, and I have a very good relationship with a lot of the Obama politicals. Uh, and a lot of the Obama politicals, they may have not have liked me because that was part of the book. And later here, I'd start getting about 2010, really started uh, getting some trouble. Um, but they always respected me. Um, but I, I think there's more, but they feel they're very outnumbered and they feel very browbeaten into silence. And uh, you go to these maybe staff meetings and when you're getting berated for you know, we got a, you know, white rage and CRT, 
you realize really quick, if you want to survive, you better shut up and say nothing because uh, it's pretty rough and one-sided and one direction. It's just gotten worse and worse and worse. It started in the 90s with sen sensitivity training. Started doing all this sensitivity training and then just got worse what and did worse. You do? And worse. You said 2010. What did you do in 2010 that got you in trouble? Uh, that's when they started uh, really worrying about the midterm and remember the rise of the Tea Party. And I got I got called in a couple of times. Mm -hmm. Are you a Tea Party member? Uh, no, I drink coffee. I mean, I, I you know I wasn't involved. I wasn't involved at all. I, I, I take my oath of office very seriously. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit take a job like this and then undermine uh, my my the people I'm working for, even if I don't like them. I may not like them, but I, I take my oath of office very seriously. So they start. They start twice. I was brought in. Did you? Are you leaking? Are you the one who leaked? You know, you think you got something? Like, bring it on. Bring it on. And and the same person who did that twice was actually eventually uh, departed the administration and uh, the Obama administration. And I think he didn't want to depart, but he was asked to depart, and mm -hmm. suddenly became my best friend about his last six months in office. But yeah, I was. Hold, on, are you a member of the Tea Party? I said, No, no, I'm not. Are Josh, you the one? That's, are you leaking this? In? Josh, said, bring it on. You think I'm doing it? Bring it on. Josh has got another question for you, Colonel. Uh, C Colonel Mills, you mentioned uh, county level and uh, election, and and I wanted to ask you: Do you believe that the deep state? had any role in the 2020 election outcome and manufacturing it in a way that uh, they wanted it to go. Yeah, and I'd point to their confession, and I think it was the February 21 article uh, in Time magazine. So I just point to their, their self-confession. So absolutely, it was, it was no question about it. Uh, and I was ground zero of the coup against candidate and then President Trump. So, uh, the swamp and the deep state has a way has things the way they like it and they don't like disruptors donald j trump was a disruptor to the way things were and he was therefore a, a threat and by that time magazine article i believe that's the one uh written by molly ball in which um is that the one you're re referring to yeah, yeah. I mean, I seriously, as, as we get further, I'm about to drop a big federal uh, filing here, which uh, not exactly related to the 2020 election. But uh, people say there was no fraud. Actually, my own registrar who tangled with me has now been charged with two felony counts of election fraud in 2020. San, uh, uh, San Joaquin County, California, Lodi City Council member, 2020 election fraud, stuffing the ballot box. Uh, so, yeah, I think there's a lot. I don't I, I'm careful. I am careful about saying fraud. I think a better term is maladministration. But I, elections have never been perfect. But I think we realized there is a generous boundary for uh, malappropriation. And and on, on the on the on the right side of the ledger, I'd say part of it. Hey guys, you know we we've we surrendered a lot again. County, that's where the will vote this, is, and that's will, where the vote in starts. Your, in your view, will this happen again in twenty twenty four? Is there is there any lesson that the Trump folks or the, the the Trump 2020 election deniers is there anything that they have learned that they can caution us and and protect us from a similar thing happening in 2024? What is it that they can do at the county we're, level or state? When you level? say 
when you say election deniers, you're talking about Hakeem Jeffries and Hillary. Is that that's who you're talking about? Election uh, deniers? No, I was talking about the Republican election deniers. Yeah. Okay. We know well, there's this goes Democratic. Both ways, we so. know there's a Democratic election. This goes both deniers. ways. Yes, it does. But I so, mean, is there is um, some lesson to learn from them? Well, if we are not in a shooting war with China by that time, and again, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm really a, a national security, I'm a China expert, stuff like that. I'm involved in some of these things because I realize this is foundational to the continuance yeah. of our We've got a, we got a, Colonel, we got to pause right now for some breaks, and then we'll be back. Colonel John Mills is our guest. Uh, the Nation Will Follow is the title of the book. Back shortly from Chicago, I'm Bruce Dumont. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine, vinegar, and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike's sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike's sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately 8 million current or former smokers at high risk. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking, now start screening. For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible, visit SaveByTheScan.org. It could save your life. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. <laughs> can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. I'll be here to hear what's on your mind. Kids want to share what's going on in their lives with the adults around them. Parents, grandparents, teachers, coaches, and more. They want to know you're listening. And they want to listen to you. They want your input and guidance early and often on all kinds of topics. When it comes to a serious subject like underage drinking, they want to know your expectations, as well as how and why, as a young person, they should avoid alcohol. How you talk about it will change as your child grows, but the important thing is to talk about it. Not just once for an hour when you think the time is right, but in 60 one-minute conversations and more that are part of your everyday talks. 
For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Bruce Dumont back on Beyond the Beltway. Let's head to David listening to us in San Francisco. Go ahead. You're on the air. Oh, thanks, Bruce, and your guests. You know, when I think of uh, the deep state, I always think of big money. And yep. when you start thinking of big money, they're not always clean. They're not uh, big money can be organized crime. Big money can be big corporations. Right. But big money is not the average person. And so when you start looking at the foreign policy of America or you start looking at pollution, you start looking at medical costs, it's basically to suit big money and that they don't care if uh, the average person lives or dies. They don't care if the nation goes to war against another. It's all mineral rights. Uh, you know, if they can crush another nation, they can get their mineral rights cheap. So when I think of, you know, the dirty CIA or the dirty various uh, agencies of whether it's the U.S. government or uh, England or uh, any of the other nations of the world, uh, the deep state is the corporate state. And the corporate state, of course, that's uh, Mussolini, Rocco, and Hitler. Colonel, do you agree with that assessment? Yeah. Yeah, thank you, David. And I, I grew up close uh, with relatives close to San Francisco. I remember when a kid could walk safely on the streets of San Francisco. Not anymore. Uh, but you're exactly right. And that's when I said, <laughs> oh, okay, uh, the, uh, there's four corners of deceit. And I think you're right on. I call it big government, uh, big tech, big academia. I'm, a, I'm actually an adjunct professor also. And big finance. And that's, that's BlackRock. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. BlackRock, Larry Fink, um, couldn't care less about the American people, couldn't care less about the Uyghurs being tortured in China, couldn't care less. So, yeah, this is uh, uh, I'm all for capitalism, but we're not we're not living in a capitalist environment. We're living in a crony capitalist uh, capitalist environment. And that's not capitalism. But you're absolutely right. A very perverting effect on uh, on society. Do you believe, thanks, David, do you believe that if Donald Trump is reelected and he never has to go to the polls again, do you think that he will um, be super aggressive in going after the deep state, or will he think that's a, a battle that he doesn't want to invest a lot of energy in? Colonel Sweet Bruce? Yeah. 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 Oh, 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 absolutely. That's already the theme and platform. Absolutely. War against the deep state, disassembling the deep state. Absolutely. Uh, and full transparency. Oh, I was a, a, a Trump uh, appointee. It was never onboarded, but uh, that's part of the filing. There was mm -hmm. uh, there was some funny business on delaying my package. Uh, the uh, uh, oh, package, it's, it's going to be for, total package for what package for what for me on. Um, so there's a difference between you. You can be appointed, but that's Step two is onboarding, which could be a very lengthy process. Okay. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, the theme will be absolutely disestablishing the, the, the deep state. And so I think it's very important. And, it, you know, all the bureaucrats start running around, oh, I'm going to lose my job. You know, it's going to be not. 
transparency and but Colonel, where 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 does that where does that stop if you're a voter and you would like to see donald trump go all the way and really get rid of the deep state and really get clean up the swamp and you vote for him and he is elected how are you going to know when he has accomplished something what what has to happen what what is there a visible change that has to happen somewhere that you will say, by golly, I got my money's worth, or I got my vote's worth. Oh, well, a top-to-bottom, bottom-to-top review of law enforcement and the Intelligence Committee uh, and com community. Just like the Church Committee did a pretty good job, but they didn't get everything. And yes. that was, I'm talking about 73, 74. Right. Uh, and I've already... I've already written several articles on that. Is there has to be an absolute review, top to bottom. And I know people absolutely well hold it. You know the the, the whole uh, Russia, Russia, Russia story. That was Charles McGonagall, Charles McGonagall, who in in my submissions to the Durham investigation. Now I know I am I'm absolutely sure that when Durham was trying to get his report out, that he was told, "Well, you can get your report out, but we're going to take McGonagall out, and he's going to be treated separately." Charles McGonagall. The director of counterintelligence of the FBI field office, New York, was the guy behind Russia, 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 and he was arrested for what? Working for Russia. So transparency and accountability. This is I, it just it's shocking, shocking that we would allow this. It's shameful that somebody of that level. Why? Why? But you know. But then even in this, you know, 60s, Jesus James Angleton at CIA was convinced that there was a mole at the top of CIA. He was wrong. There was three. There was three, or actually four. Larry, Larry Wu Tai Chin, uh, Aldrich Ames, uh, Doug Hansen, and uh, Anna Mon Montez. Uh, mm -hmm. So, uh, so Jesus was wrong there. That uh, you know, there was four. So you know, absolutely, we, we, when we start seeing absolute transparency in what was going on and accountability for what was going on. Yes, I think that'll be a good metric, and we will have metrics on this. Your good question. Good well, question. I hope, so I hope we, I, I hope we have someone that's uh, watching, uh, watching what's going on, and is uh, uh, explaining to the American people what's going on. It's got to be a combination of a media that's far more aggressive and open-eyed than they are now, and frankly, it's got to be some really aggressive members of the uh, Congress that that understands the seriousness. Uh, about the charge that is before them. And again, you alluded to Frank Church, who, in my view, is one of America's uh, greatest U.S. senators in, in doing what he did. But that was by, in 1975, and, and a, lot of that, uh, a lot of that crap that he discovered has come back to the American intelligence community. And you don't have to look much further than these uh, uh, leaders of American intelligence who signed the letter uh, basically uh, to the tech industry saying that uh, the Hunter Biden uh, laptop was uh, a, 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 a Russian operation, which is ridiculous. Uh, yeah, Mark, I, I, Marcus I worked with 11. Mark, Mark, I worked with 11 of those 51. Go ahead. <laughs> Yes, so uh, Colonel Mills, I wanted to ask, in, in your uh, book, uh, Nation Will Follow, um, you mentioned that sort of if the deep state gets their way, that it's going to trend towards communism, and if I'm reading that correctly. And my thought was, why wouldn't, you know, why wouldn't be trending towards more loose kind of capitalism, crony capitalism that's serving the plutocrats, um, 
so so can you explain a little bit of your thought process of why why you think the the deep state would be more expansive in the government power and and trending towards communism rather than further you know crony, crony capitalism uh, that's a good question marcus and i think because of the current environment uh the center of the struggle for the, the continuance of our, our, our liberal democratic republic is China, because China and China is communist, and so it's really, and there's a lot of the deep state, and 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 then deep state globalists like Klaus Schwab, WEF, and China. People say, but at, at the end, if China, if if the WEF didn't exist, would China still exist in this Chinese Communist Party? Absolutely. If the Chinese Communist Party didn't exist, would the WEF and the globalists exist? No, they wouldn't. No, because right now it's really it's all about Xi and putting uh, creating everything else as a tributary state. So that's really the flavor of communism. And I, I'm a I'm a forgiving guy. For a lot of years inside the U.S. government, we didn't understand the threat of China. It really I, I think it was really island building, which we now know coincidentally occurred when Hunter and his dad went to China. Uh, and then the next year, the, the horrific Office of Personal Management breach, horrific, which was all China. And 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 I'm inside government and the, some of the Obama politicals are livid and furious uh, about this. But, but yeah, Marcus, I think that's because of the puppet strings going toward China and many people for years accruing great wealth because of the real or perceived notion that China was the future and some have come clean and some haven't. That's where I, 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 I use the term communism and I think that's appropriate, but it's a were good the, question. Were the, uh, you mentioned that you've had a number of uh, Obama uh, appointees that were friends with yours, at least in varying degree of friendship, uh, when you worked uh, in, in, in the Department of Defense. Um, did they ever raise any concern with you that they didn't really have a great admiration for Joe Biden? Because there, there, there was a, there was a report at a, right around the time of the the, the first Ukraine uh, about the phone call uh, during the uh, uh, impeachment against Donald Trump. There was there was some people that were quoted that were saying that you know Obama or Obama's people. Uh, were not very high on Joe Biden, and they were aware of what was going on in Ukraine, and they were embarrassed by it, but they couldn't really uh, cut it off at the uh, at the stump. Any comment on that? Uh, yeah, he was accepted as a potted plant or a wall hanging or an, an ornament. Yeah. I mean, he was not thought of very highly. Uh, he just he was there, and he just kind of walk around and say silly things, and uh, you know turn on the Christmas tree lights and things like that. I mean, he just was, I don't think there was a high regard for him and they just put up with him. And uh, so, yeah. Um, and and yes, I mean, I was very intimately involved uh, after uh, P Putin invaded uh, after the Sochi Olympics. It was high stakes, high drama. And the Biden team, the Obama team couldn't care less until they kind of realize the opportunities for money laundering. And this is above and beyond Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. Okay. I want to talk more about that when we come back. 1-800-723-8029. One more segment tonight on Beyond the Beltway. 
1-800-723-8029 from coast to coast and border to border and around the world at beyondthebeltway.com. We're in studio with Mark Casello, the Democrat, and the ever-popular Josh Cantrow, the Republican, and we're joined by Colonel John Mills from Northern Virginia, author of the book, The Nation Will Follow. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. Is that a faucet running? That's not a faucet. That's a river rushing through the forest. Forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink. What? I can't hear you because of the vacuum. That's not a vacuum. That's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe. I didn't know the trees were so amazing. Yep, and the forest gives us shade, trees to climb. That's awesome. Let's go explore some more. Visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you. To learn more about the forest and find one near you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Matthew. Huh? Oh, sorry. It's okay. I just need you to listen to me. I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me. I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and I know it's because you care. All the talks we've had over the years including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thanks, Mom, for never giving up and always being my biggest fan. Thank you for letting me know what you expect so I can try to meet your expectations. Thank you for talking. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. Bruce back. thanks for joining us tonight on Beyond the Beltway. Josh Cantro has a question for uh, the Colonel. Go ahead. 
Colonel, it seems to me that um, at least one component of the deep state would be the administrative state, and that state has grown um, the, in terms of rules and regulations, etc., at an alarming pace, as documented by a number of sources, and that Trump did a pretty good job of cutting regulations where he could. But it seems to me that the growth of the administrative state is in large part due to the fact that Congress has sort of abdicated its responsibilities and has just left um, this administrative state, these regulatory bodies, to go and interpret what Congress has passed and to create more and more onerous rules and regulations. And I was wondering if you agree with that or what your thoughts are on that, that theory. Uh, no, Josh, you're, you're spot on. And I mean, there is a legal basis when people say administrative state. It's the 1946 Administrative Procedures Act uh, under uh, Truman, which w was in many ways, as with all legislation, in, a good idea in, in many ways. It had good intent, but it just spun out of control. And this is where you have an administrative procedure. So after a law is passed, that exact language doesn't quite fit into regulation not sometimes it does but mostly most often not i've done i've done hundreds of pieces of legislation so you need an administrator not a bad idea however it has become essentially a de facto i call it the fourth branch of government and the epa is the is the poster child for this abuse you can't have uh, we're gonna work you can't have this much retained water on your property you can't do this can't do that Whoa, 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 whoa. There's a difference between law and regulation. And uh, so, yeah, there's, I, I think you're, you're, you're spot on. Uh, it's a great, uh, great one. Fourth branch of government, no question about it. Mark, Thank you. question for you. So, uh, <clears throat> Colonel Mills, in our first hour, our guest Peter Hanna said that uh, when people speak truth to power, a lot of times when they're really a threat, uh, they face sort of danger. So, as you've come out against this deep state so strongly uh, in, in recent years, what kind of resistance have you faced? Uh, how how has it changed your life in this battle? Because yeah, you know, you tell that story about having that kind of aha moment in the A ring of the Pentagon, and then that becomes the charge where you say, "Okay, I'm going to going to fight against this deep state." So, how has it personally affected you? Well, thank you. Uh, Great question. Um, I think uh, a typical trajectory for somebody like coming, like me coming out of government is getting a, uh, a VP or an SVP, vice president or a senior vice president at a corporation. Now, a vice president at a corporation, a lot of times that means that's you and you have no staff. So a VP sounds impressive, not that impressive. But a senior VP, that's where it starts to get impressive and you have staff and things like that. I think that was that would be the, the normal logical trajectory for me. But I, I, I sensed really quick that I was not welcome. But at the same time, I said, I, I, I mean, we're blessed. We're simple people. We don't, we don't need a fortune to live off of. And uh, I said, no, no I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna become part of perpetuating the problem. And I said, I, we're going to we're going to I'm going to spend the rest of my time getting things right and getting things straight. Now, yeah, that's, you know, am I not invited to certain uh, gatherings? Sure, I'm not invited. But I'm also but because of my stand, I'm also invited to other gatherings. So, oh, yeah, I'm definitely excluded from some gatherings, definitely some uh, 
people, I seem to have built a, uh, if nothing else, uh, a sense of respect. Because uh, I know I didn't get through 30 plus years of service without ever being charged or indicted. Because always, I know my legal stuff, I know my left <laughs> and my right boundaries. And, you know, I'm, most of my operations, I had to have a lawyer uh, uh, strapped to each hip to make sure everything was uh, within boundary. Uh, otherwise, you can go to jail on these things. So, uh, uh, no, I'm gonna, we got to get these things right. Who are, who, are the, uh, who are the people or what, what are the forces that basically shun you and don't invite you to uh, uh, parties and, and uh, put you on a, on a back burner? Who are they? Oh, some of the, some of the think tanks in town. I'm not going to name any, uh, but uh, there's a reason I'm not going to name any. But, yeah, some of those think tanks that I normally was invited to when I was in government. But, but then again, I get invited to other think tanks now. And uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I used to be kind of a regular speaker in certain certain audiences, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, the think one, tanks and non. non one go one last question: How will you personally know when you have been successful in gaining the attention of enough people to make a difference? Oh, that's a that's a great question, Bruce. I think when more and more people come clean inside of government, because a year ago, people were saying, "John, that's that's a very interesting uh, you know, your 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 journey is very interesting." Where's all the other whistleblowers? Well, we're getting more and more whistleblowers. I mean, Shapley and Ziegler the other day are incredible. Right. I mean, we got several dozen whistleblowers now because people are saying, "Where is everybody?" And they come, mm -hmm. "There's nobody. There's every, you can't trust anybody inside of government. They're all bad." I go, "No, no, no. I, I guarantee it. There are white hats." Confidence inspires confidence. Leadership inspires leadership, and we're getting more and more. When more and more people come out and and say actually speak truth to power, uh, I think that's going to be the measurement of, of effectiveness. Colonel John Mills, uh, thank you very much for doing exactly that. And your book is "The Nation Will Follow: Firsthand Experiences Fighting the Deep State." That's the book. Thanks for joining us tonight. Our thanks also to. Uh, uh, Mark Casello uh, is our Democrat, and Josh Cantro has been our Republican, uh, and also Peter Hanna joined the program in our number one. We thank you all for joining us tonight. Our thanks to uh, Chris, uh, Chris Veronis. <laughs> our, our thanks to Fritz Goldman for his assistance in the production of this program. <laughs> I'm Bruce Dumont. By the way, Colonel, you have the best background of any guest we've ever had via Zoom. Hmm. You, you win the graphic award. You look terrific. I'm Bruce Dumont. Good night from Chicago.
Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. Uh, goodbye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? Or a surprisingly great rate. Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. To protect his home and family from disaster, Steve used courage, wisdom, and his camera phone. That should do it. Way to go, Steve. By simply taking digital pictures of his family's important documents, Steve can always have them stored safely online, no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine, vinegar, and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike's sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. It's a bully, but we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly. But we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org.